Hey, welcome to another episode of Just Being Able's Podcast with my co-host Trevor. We're going to talk about Mandalorian episode three and four, and also we're going to talk about the new book Taskmaster from Marvel, Com- Marvel Comics, and also we're going to give our fi- favorite five MCU villains. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to another episode of Just Being Amos, one of the best podcasts out there, I think. What do you think, Trevor? Woo, absolutely. Woo-hoo. I mean, I'm on it. It's got to be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Welcome to another episode um, with my co-host, Trevor. What's up, Trevor? What's up? So, we got plenty to talk about this podcast. It's like episode 15, 115. Man, I'm, I can't believe it's 115 episodes I've done. Well, I mean, I couldn't have done more, but you know, life happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> so, anyway. So we're going to talk about um, Man- the, the Mandalorian Season 2. I'm having a hard time talking today. <laughs> um, season 2, Episode 3 and 4. We ain't going to get into detail with the whole each episode. And we're going to talk about um, a, a movie, Marvel movie. Not Marvel movie, I'm sorry. Marvel comic book, Taskmaster, that came out like a week ago, I believe. Yeah, it's one. It, yeah, yeah. yeah, it came out a week ago. Maybe two weeks ago, I think. Yeah, it may have been I two, think two weeks, weeks ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to talk about that. And also, we're going to talk about our favorite five villains of the MCU. Now, I might have one honorable mention. What about you? You got one? Yeah, I mean, there were, there were several that I liked. So, yeah, um, yeah I probably could. All right, cool. <laughs> Something tells me, like, most of our, our picks are going to be the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk about that at the end of the um, podcast. Anyway, our first topic is going to be The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 3 and 4. So, right now we know the man, Mando, the Mandalorian, is trying to find the baby, his kind, whatever. So he gets on his planet. On this, we're on season three, not season three, episode three now. And I can't think of the planet name. You remember the planet name, Trevor? It's there with water, a lot, a whole lot of water. Oh, uh, uh, Mon Calamar. Calamar. It's Calamar. Well, well yeah, I mean, it's, Calamar. It's, it's, it's the squid, squid planet. Squid it's where Admiral, Ac- it's where Admiral Akbar is from. The crawfish-looking guy, right? Yes. Yeah, there's like a crawfish, right? Yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so they arrived there and looking for information for any Mandalorians, right? So Mando, you know, they arrived there. What's so funny is the previous episode, it's all beat up. Yeah. He gets to this, um, the pier, he said, uh, can you fix this? <laughs> well, 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 the funniest part, too, is that he manages to get it through the atmosphere with all those holes in it without it blowing up. And then he gets to, like, the... the um, the pier where he's supposed to his landing zone he kind of gets down and then all of a sudden as soon as it does you're like yes he did it and then it topples over right into the in the water, water. <laughs> like damn and they have to use the adat crane to get it out that what that is well i mean it's like an adat walker but it's just got like a the huge, crane on it yeah crane on the end for... someone said that man um but yeah that was funny man but that baby man Baby Yoda. <laughs> Baby Yoda something else. He's but, a troublemaker. Yes, he is. So, you know, he's trying to find information. He goes to this, I guess, not a bar, but like a tavern. Yeah, more of a tavern because they were trying to get something to eat. Like yeah. Some chow, some chowder. Some chowder. <laughs> some chowder. <laughs> so he get, he's trying to get information, and Mando finally found somebody to get him information that they, they found some more Mandalorians. Yes. So we fast forward him to the ship, right? And uh, are you familiar with any of the other Star Wars stuff? No, I was going to say, I don't know if I'm supposed to recognize these people or right. not. Yeah. Um, I recognize the name they use at the end, right. but I never watched any of the Clone Wars or, you know, any of those other cartoons Rebels, or whatever. Yeah, Rebels. Rebels. I didn't watch any of right. those. But, I mean, you know, once they get, what Trevor said, because the character about to come into play, so they get on the ship, and Amanda was betrayed by the guy who was trying to help him, right? He puts the baby into this thing, whatever, and it swallows him up, and Mando goes after him. Then all of a sudden, you see fire, meaning some gunfire and everything, right? It's other Mandalorians. And like what Trevor said, I never watched the Clone Wars, the Rebels, like my other, my other people who Star Wars fans. I like bits and pieces of it. Mm-hmm. But I recognized 
the person under the helmet when she took the helmet off. Mm-hmm. And everybody know who she is as an actress. You know, it's Katie Sackhoff. Katie Sackhoff, yes. You know, she, she, I think she, sci-fi geeks love her, man. I mm-hmm. mean, you know. And um, I recognized the, the, the face, and then I saw that face once I watched Rebels. And like I said, I never watched those series like you. Like you, I mean, I never I watched bits of it, mm-hmm. you know. But I understood what was going on. But the cool part about that is, they actually it's canon. I mean, they actually went back to those um, series, you know. And, I, and I, someone explained to me what happened in those series. I said, okay, I get the gist of it, <laughs> you know. Right. And um, but you know, she showed up with the other two Mandalorian, which was Sasha Banks, Sasha, the, Sasha Banks, Banks the wrestler yeah. from WWE. So she showed up. So we get to the point, and they actually got a mission for Mando. And their mission was to get to a cargo full of weapons. I think that was the mission, right? Yeah, the initial mission was, yeah, they wanted to get um, yeah weapons. Weapons from, from the Imperial, yeah, Imperial um, um, transport. Right. And there was also, that was not the whole story, though. And I think what it was, they get to the cargo, I mean, get to the ship and everything like that. But I, Bo Katan, that's her name. Bo Katan, yeah. Yeah, she wanted to find the black lightsaber. The black lightsaber, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Could put, story there, it used to all be part of the Mandalorian. He was a Jedi or whatever. I can't think of the name. But um, that was one of the reasons she wanted to find that um, cargo is because of that, um, that saber. Mm-hmm. And um, But that episode was good. I mean, I mean it was good. Uh, episode three, I mean, what you thought about it? It was it was fun. It was it was really it was really fun seeing um, a bunch of Mandalorians just kind of run and take you know acting like pirates taking over the ship. So you know they're kind of running down and just like the blasters pinging off of their armor. Um, so that was pretty cool to see. Um, you know I like I like Katie Sackhoff, so uh, it was nice too. to see her in a role. Um, I think the interesting thing I found about it was that um, it kind of brought up this interesting thing about kind of like religion or zealotry within yeah, the Mandalorians. Because yeah, the three Mandalorians show up and rescue Mando and um and the they, child yeah. um on that boat. And then as soon as the fighting is all done, they take off their helmets and you're like, oh well I guess they're not real Mandalorians. And that's what uh Mando says. But then they're like mm-hmm. they start kind of chastising him about sticking to the old creed and you know yeah, the zealots, zealots the cult type yeah. you know mentality of the mandalorians so they are legitimate mandalorians but it's kind of like it's, it's the, almost like there's a different religion or a different it's belief a, you know I, they split off then what my friend said because each clan has different things right like, different sector of the mandalorian has different things they abide by and as one of them they keep the helmet on but they don't right and, you know, so I thought that was weird, too. It was interesting, not weird, but interesting to see that. Because he was not going to take that helmet off, man. No. He was not. But, yeah, man, episode three was good. Um, So once, <laughs> it's funny, man, once he got that ship back, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Dude, it was worse than before. Yeah, he paid the guy to, like, you know. <laughs> Fix it up as best he could, and it was just like held together with <laughs> rope and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, like damn. Then on top of that, they had a little passenger along with the damn um Razor Crest. Yeah, it was like an octopus looking. Yeah, thing. That, like yeah, octopus thing. And, that and was... it told me of aliens, man. When I saw that, well, yeah, the face hugger. Yeah, <laughs> like shit. But yeah, man, he couldn't win with the damn repairs, dude. So yeah, episode three was good, man. So far, man, I have not been disappointed in none of the episodes at all. No, it's it's you know it's fun. It's you know it it kind of brings in other elements of the Star Wars series, so it makes it feel like it's an actual Star Wars adventure. Right. So yeah, it's um, definitely I, I I quite enjoy it. Right. Yeah. And so they finally get back to the planet that it was all started um, with the baby with the child. Right. I can't think of the the planet. I'm forgetting now, but yeah, the one that has uh, Carl, um, Carl, Carl Weathers and. Uh, Gina, um, Gina Carano. Yeah, I think so. The, the yeah, MMA fighter. Yeah, the MMA fighter. Yeah, so he gets back to that planet on episode four. He need repairs once right. again. Cause, yeah, because <laughs> the damn thing is falling apart in space. <laughs> yes, so his hyperdrive goes out. Yeah. yeah, so he gets back to that planet, and he goes back to that planet to that town. It's all cleaned up because you see people are either doing trades and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, Carl Weathers' character said, "We oh man, the my funny part." The, the blue-skinned person from the first episode of season one, the bounty that he got. Yeah. 
that he carbonite the fish looking the fish guy. looking guy, right? He's working for the car weather as an accountant, I guess, and yeah. everything else in between. Yeah, he's just kind of the... <laughs> he's just there, right? And um, yeah, he's he's working off his his, his three hundred and fifty <laughs> year sentence or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so they cleaned up the place, man, and the, I guess the bar or whatever they had at first was shot up. It's for school. Yeah, it's now, it's kids. A, now it's a school. There was a bunch of kids and a 3PO droid teaching them. And speaking of that scene, <laughs> my God, man, that child, so mischievous, it, man. It, like it a child is. anyway, right? And he leaves the child with the other kids in the school. And Mando said, Can I, I don't want to leave him. He said, he's fine. He's fine. Yeah. So they sit, sit him down beside another kid. His other kid eating some macaroons. Yeah, like, like these blue macaroon <laughs> things or something. And, of course, yeah, the child wants, you know, wants some. So he's, like, reaching his hand out, like, please, you know, come on. And the the kid's like, no. <laughs> so as soon as he turns his head, you know, you see Yoda doing, like, you know, or baby Yoda doing the little, little force. Uh, force thing. Next thing you know, he's there chomping on the macaroon, and the rest of them are sitting right there. <laughs> like, that baby, man, baby Yoda, dude. Yeah, no, he needs to learn to stop stealing stuff. Dude, really? Yeah. Mando's not doing a great job, apparently. No. <laughs> so, anyway, so Carl Weathers' character has another job for Mando. And this is Imperial um, um, Test Site or Imperial Headquarters, whatever you want to call it. It's a it's a base. Right. It's an Imperial base. So, they get there and stuff like that. And um, and this episode, though, man, it was a, it was a lot more action. It was a lot, a lot of action. It was a short one, too. It, it was, was only like 35 minutes long, too. But half of it was action. Right. Not even, yeah, it was. Yeah, so it was like a, a full-blown like raid, or it's called the Siege. So, yeah, right. Um, yeah, this Imperial base. Yeah, it was a lot of... But I would say this about this um, series, man. I would talk to somebody about it. Is that the quality, the special effects, like this for a movie... This is like a two hundred million plus movie. I mean, once you look the special effects, the way it looks, you mm-hmm. know, but it's not. It's not. I forgot what they're using the, for the technology for the special effects, man. But man, I was looking at it, man. Like this is this is great. Because mm-hmm. the reason why I said that during the whole siege and the, the imperial thing is, is way the landscape and the background with those um, what you call it, the cycles, um, the speeder bikes, the speeder bikes. Yeah, when yeah. they were actually jumping off of the like, damn, I'm yeah. like that is pretty cool. Man, they were just straight killing themselves. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, two of them ended up ramming into each other and like, killing themselves on the way down, you know, yeah, like typical dude, Imperial. Right. <laughs> Idiots. I'm like, dude, seriously, man? Hey, you know, this ain't even worth it, man. I said, dog, fuck that. I'm gone. I don't, I don't want them, man. You ain't paying me enough for this. Yeah. You know, I, I couldn't understand with the with the soldiers for the Imperial Army, man. Are they really paying you guys enough? Yeah. Getting shot at. I mean, initially they were clones, so it's yeah, like they true. didn't have much choice, but uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So they actually get to the base and everything like that, and uh, they, like you said, it was a siege. They they shot up everybody, and they finally get to the place where they're going to, I guess, a lava pit. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna. It's it's kind of like a dam on the lava pit or whatever. Yeah. So they they take off the checks or whatever that's keeping it in. Um, uh, in stasis right and so then it starts to build the pressure of the lava which is just gonna take out the whole base right yeah and that happens so once they got that going on you know it's a shootout whatever whatever and they finally get to a spot a place in the base and you see these tech guys shooting up the screen like, shoot it out and shoot it up right and trying to get rid of evidence and they want to know why in the hell they were doing that right yeah well they they see a bunch of like experimental bodies or whatever floating right. in these tanks. Yeah, yeah and they, it w- they were expecting... They was not expecting that, Mando and Carl Weather and um, the Gina's Right, character. they thought it was just a regular base. It right. turns out it's actually a, a laboratory. Lab. Yeah. yeah, a laboratory. So they kind of... The doctor that was in season one, the first episode, and episode two also... Right. the one who was, yeah, taking the blood samples or whatever from the child. Child, yeah. And he was just, just talking to, I guess, Darth, what's his name? To uh, Gideon. Gideon, right. Darth, Darth Gideon. And he said, we try to get the M cells, whatever, from, I said, M, oh, I tell my um, metachlorians, huh? Y'all talking about that stuff again, right? Mm-hmm. For the force, is what the force is part of, right? right. And I was looking at the tools, man. I said, you know what? That remind me of the clone of either the Emperor or the Snook, 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 right? Right. All right, this, Okay. And I like the way they are, like just tie everything into you know, and because first of all, you got the groundwork for it any, for it anyway because the other Star Wars movies mm-hmm. that came out with J.J. Abrams produced and direct whatever, 
and you have those already, so you have the groundwork groundwork for that. Damn, I'm having a hard time today. <laughs> you, need, you need to like do like in the cartoons where you pull your tongue out and then let it roll back in <laughs> like a curtain. <laughs> like a curtain. Yeah, maybe, times, maybe huh? that'll fix it. Yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I just saw it on Animaniacs. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, and when, he's, when he said that, like, oh, okay. And then you see that at the end of the episode, you see Gideon on top of it. Um, right. Well, as soon as as soon as uh, Mando realized that Gideon was still he took, alive, he took off. Um, he took off <laughs> and grabbed yeah the child, and then yeah took off he from took, the base after you know they had repaired his ship while they were doing the siege. Yeah, so. right. You know that episode was directed by Carl Weather. Man. Yeah. Like, so. Okay. All right. All right, Apollo. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, man, but you know, but like, yeah, so then it, it turns out one of the, which we were suspicious of from the beginning because of the look they gave one of the mechanics who is fixing the ship. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They, uh, apparently they put a tracking device on his ship and then at the end they're reporting it to Moff Gideon that mm. the tracking device is on his ship. Cause so. you knew something was wrong. We do a double take on a scene like that. Like, yeah, yeah something, you know, right. something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. So at the end of that scene, you see like, like a, Assembly of like I don't know if they droids or stormtroopers. Yeah, they look like the the pilot stormtroopers, but yeah, I wasn't sure if they were droids or clones or what they were. But yeah, so there's this whole lineup of them, just all kind of standing in their little um, sections. Yeah. So I guess we'll find out what those are here soon. Right. You know, and then, like I said, man, they had actually done a lot of their homework, man, because you know, Filoni is Filoni, the producer with um, Favreau. He's a fan of the, the series, you know, because I think he was part of Clone Wars and Rebels, I believe. Mm-hmm. So you got him on board. He bringing everything from that and bringing it to Mandalorian, which is kind of cool because it's it's continuity. Right. It's continuity, right? So I, I think that's pretty cool, man, the way he's doing that. And he also been in the episode, too. That's one of the uh, fire, uh, what is it, the Rebel, the X-Wing fighters? Right, the X-Wing fighters. Yeah, he's, Filoni was one of the fighters. So, yeah, man. So far, man, like I said, the season two has been really great for me, man. So keep in mind of a lot of bullshit <laughs> going on around, man. Something to talk about. So, like I said, people, if you have not watched Mandalorian season two or need to go back and watch season one, we really recommend you checking things out, man. So, if you have not seen it, it might be spoilers for you, so don't <laughs> listen to this podcast so, episode. Yeah, so, so spoilers. So if if you don't want to be spoiled, rewind <laughs> another like twenty minutes and then don't listen to the episode. Okay, That's right. <laughs> Take it from Trevor. He's right. <laughs> so cool. So our, our next topic, man, is going to be Taskmaster, the the comic book. I know you're a big Taskmaster fan. I'm a I'm a I'm a Taskmaster Taskmaster Taskmaster. Master. Taskmaster <laughs> fan. I wouldn't say a big fan, but, but you, he's an you, interesting character. But you like those type of characters, though. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's, I like him, too. Yeah, he's kind of one of those anti-hero type characters where, you know, he's he's not really a good guy. He's not really a bad guy. He's just kind of a mercenary who just does whatever for, for money. money. Yeah, that's right. it. Exactly. And it, you ever get... Uh, speaking of, we're going to talk about the book. It, recently, he was in the main Spider-Man books, right? Mm-hmm. And he was with... um. Uh, dark ant man no was it black was black, it? the black ant yeah the black ant okay so they together so they the story is this they are trying to capture every villain that has like a atom i mean animal theme for their costume and they whatever and they would give them the vultures or rhino because spider-man got those type of villains right and you know t- uh, tarantula all those guys right and taskmaster is doing it for arcade arcade mm-hmm and they getting everybody the black cat and stuff like that. I'm surprised they wasn't in the black cat book. Who what? That that part of was not in black cat book. The book you read, you read. Well, black cat's on hiatus right now. Okay, it right. will come back eventually, but it's not going right now. Okay, so to get the um, black ant and taskmaster doing their job, and later on, he double crossed black ant. <laughs> I'm like, dude, Taskmaster, you, 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 you scum sometimes, dude. Yeah. That's the type of person that is all about the money. It's just business. It's always been like that every time I read a story where he's involved with. You yeah. know, it's all about the money. And even when they get to Deadpool, Deadpool, he, they, when they go back and forth, and they, they're supposed to be buddies. You know, that whole mercenary thing is right, weird, Right, but man. they'll fight each other, they fight if, each other. if they've been paid to be on opposite sides. Yeah, right. 
So, cause yeah, but anyway, so the book came out. I guess like you say, two weeks ago, and it's written by what Jed McKay. It's written by Jed McKay, and the artist is Alessandro Vitti. And, okay, okay, cool. So, um, I recommend this to Trevor, and I read. And I said, and I was recommended by uh, by Izzy. Shout out to Izzy from Doctor Knows Comic Book Shop. He said, "Oh, you gonna love this?" I said, "Okay, I I read it. <laughs> I mean, I like Task Taskmaster anyway." So, Tess, Tess so I can't say it. I can't say it, We'll man. just call him TM. We'll call him TM, man. Trademark. Because Taskmaster yeah. is like saying it so many times, man. Yeah. It's like. Taskmaster. Taskmaster. Master. <laughs> like, <laughs> shit. So, TM, as we're going to call him, is um, he's doing it for money. He's at a golf course with, I guess, some mobsters, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he said, well. <laughs> yeah, well, they, yeah. So, they, they've paid him to play golf. Oh, that's funny. Um, to to help win the prize, any low man, any, right. any anything, dude. So, well, we we should mention in case you're not familiar, although I've talked about him on uh, on our previous older episode. Yeah, uh, TM's ability is he can pretty much copy any anything he sees. Right. So. Therefore, yeah, if you want him to play golf, he just watches a bunch of golf videos. Which he did. Right. And he can kind of master it because he can just duplicate how they hit. Right. That, sort, that sort of thing. You know, he's he's really good at duplicating other heroes, you know, moves, mm-hmm. their attacks, things like that. Because right. he can just instantly. Photogenic reflex, right? Uh, is it what it is? Photogenic reflex? Is that what it called it? For yeah. His, yeah, photographic reflexes. That's photographic, okay. Yes. Photographic reflexes. Damn, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I think the first, I mean, Captain America, Daredevil. See, the only person he had problems with is Deadpool. I remember reading, right. the, it was Joe Kelly run that Deadpool um, was fighting Taskmaster. Was that when he had, like, his hands tied up or something <laughs> yeah, like that? Yeah, dude. And he was hopping around on one leg? Yeah, yeah. like... <laughs> He's very unpredictable, man. Right, yeah. The problem with yeah, the problem he has with Deadpool is that he can copy all of his moves, but he doesn't know what he's gonna do because nobody knows what Deadpool's gonna do. No one does. <laughs> Not man. even Deadpool knows what he's gonna do. <laughs> no. So when they go fight each other, when they team up, it's just hilarious, man. So I'm I'm thinking he's gonna show up later in that book. I would not be surprised. Yeah, I think he's gonna show up later in the book. I mean Deadpool guys. So anyway, um, he's trying to play golf with you guys. Him, um, Bullseye, Lester, he calls. Right. <laughs> and they don't like each other and whatever. And um, they playing with the mob guys and stuff. And all of a sudden, you can see a, um, a sniper. Someone sniped one of the head guys. Right. And, you know, De- not Deadpool. Taskmaster is... Running and driving in that cart, like can can you get away from a cart in a golf a golf cart? Right, and then yeah, the the sniper starts chasing him down on a motorcycle, right across the golf. Doesn't course. make sense. Yeah, <laughs> shooting at him with like a submachine gun. That doesn't make sense at all, man. So anyway, they the high speed chase, and now he get a call from somebody. You see, he need to go this way and stuff like that, right? Right. So pages later, and, and then they, and this person in pursuit of um TM, and. And he said he can't shake this person off, man. He's like, she's yeah. He said she. Since he said she's good, or he said that person out over the have, phone. I, I don't I know if he said it was a he or she, yeah. but but yeah. Then even when he 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 finally managed to get because he didn't have any weapons on him. No, he went through like the archery section of the uh, <laughs> the, um, the the golf course. The, yeah, the golf course and. Um, and grabbed like the arrows and shot him, and then she still managed to like dodge him by jumping off the motorcycle. Right, and she's steady shooting at him, and he's like, "Damn, <laughs> who is this?" Yeah, so he's learned from Hawkeye <laughs> on that. He said it too, and uh, so like he said, you get a call and everything. And the person telling him to get to this spot, and he finally get to the the car, and all of a sudden you see on the page, and the person take off the helmet. It's fucking Black Widow. Right. Well, the person at the car oh, is Nick, Nick Fury, Fury Jr. Uh, yeah, that's right, Jr. Yeah. For those for those who don't know, in this in the comic book world, this Nicholas Fury is a son of the Nicholas Fury. Nicholas Fury from the old days, the Jim Serenko. Right. Because yeah, the original Nick Fury was a white dude. Right. Dude, um, yeah. And then yeah, and then they okay. introduced like uh, his black son, right. you know, Nick Fury Jr. To kind of be more in line with the MCU and right. Samuel L. Jackson and stuff. So he's kind of taken over. Right, the Nick Fury role now. Yeah, because his dad is the something else. He's a watch, not the watcher. He's something else. Anyway, uh, so we get to the car. This Nick 
Junior. Nick, not Nick Junior. <laughs> Nick Fury Junior. Thanks right. a lot, man. Put Junior on there. I just say Nick Fury. Well, you can call him Nick Junior. I just call him Nick Junior. Like, shit. Nick, 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 Nick. <laughs> Damn. Damn. So he gets in the car with Nick Junior, man, and. I was just I was just amazed that like I'm not amazed but I was kind of just like I never I haven't seen Nick Fury in a while and reading the comic books you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. since the big crossover they had back in the, what was it? not Secret Empire when they got rid of the Ultimate Universe remember that uh, the S- Secret Wars yeah Secret Wars that's right the Secret Wars Jonathan Hickman did yeah and I haven't seen that Nick Fury anymore so anyway he's explaining it to him that um. They after Taskmaster, Tasky, <laughs> Tasky, because um, he was blamed for a murder that you know he wasn't he didn't know about. Right. So spo- spoiler warning: apparently, um, Taskmaster was um, blamed for the murder of uh, Maria Hill. Right. She's if y'all ain't familiar with her, she used to be a director of Shield, and she's you know a government agent and stuff like that. A spy. Right. She's a spy, right? Yeah, I mean, she's played by Colby Smol- Smolders yeah. in, in the MCU. Right. Um, you know, Maria Hill. So you, you're probably familiar with her. And but thing- she's been in the comics for a long time. She's retired now. But, right. you know, she never But you know what, though? Quits, she's a she's but- a badass. I mean, she's tough as nails in the comic book. Oh, yeah, absolutely. MCU, they ain't do that with her. I'm like, damn, y'all kind of did a disservice with that character. Yeah, song. she's still pretty tough as nails. Remember in, oh, in Spider-Man the- when she's up on the roof with the rocket launcher? Oh, Although, yeah. Although, it does turn out to be a, a, a scroll. A scroll, yeah. but, you know, yeah. it's based off of her. She's sure. pretty badass. Oh, she did kick some ass in, well, in the first Avenger yeah. movie. She did do some gunplay. But you know what I'm saying is that... Yeah, and even in, <laughs> what is it, Captain America Winter Soldier? When oh, that's she took right. over the... Um, the the operations room or whatever. Yeah, that's right. But you know what though, I mean, that, well, she was director of Shield in the comic books. I mean, she was an agent of Shield also in the the first episode. Yeah, she was. Yeah, I think yeah, so. she yeah. was. But anyway, but remember, she's she's dead supposedly. I don't think she's dead. Yeah, probably not. You know, then no comic book character never stay, stay dead forever. Right. Yeah. Even if she is, she'll come back. Yeah. She's a spy. Hell. Yeah. <laughs> so, go ahead, Trevor. Um. Yeah, so essentially, um, so essentially, yeah, um, Nick Fury is telling him that is telling Taskmaster that he was blamed for it, but obviously he doesn't believe that's the case. Otherwise, you know, Taskmaster wouldn't be sitting in that chair right now. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, but he does say that Black Widow has been hired to take him out, and so that's why she was chasing him on the golf course. And so that means he can't really lay low anywhere because when you got the greatest assassin after you, you kind of, you kind of can't. Yeah, right. Right. she'll she'll find you eventually. You know what he said? He said she's better than uh, Electra. It's better yeah, than Electra. She's better than Electra, Electra, and she's better than someone else. Was it Bullseye? No, it wasn't Bullseye. You know, because she's better than Electra. Like, damn, who the hell are you talking about? So yeah, man. Um, but Black Widow has got her own book, right? Yeah, the own book. So right. Yeah, uh, better than the Winter Soldier. That's who. She- he said ah yeah and they are top assassins yes they really are yeah they really are. yeah well you know she's like that's black widow's a clone right well i mean sort, sort of. of okay well that's another story you, could t- you talked about that last time yeah although i mean she's black widow but it's kind of that's how they got around the, the whole secret, they killed her yeah, yeah. although they destroyed that cloning facility so now there is no cloning facility until well, somebody brings it into canon again. <laughs> yeah, <of> right. <laughs> hey, Spider-Man does a lot of cloning. Yes. Yeah, that's that's that go they get out card <laughs> in Marvel. I see, man. Right. It's like a cloning thing, so that it was so that when one of them died, their memories automatically Transfers. uploaded into a new one. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Did I read that? That was part of the Hawkeye and Winter Soldier thing. Right? It was the yeah, the tales of suspense. suspense? Okay, yeah. yeah, okay. So anyway, she's she's out there. She's a trying to kill the old Tasky. <laughs> so right so then in order to um to clear his name i can't remember exactly what it is he needed to do um it was something that they are after oh yeah in order to figure out what it is that maria hill was looking into yeah um they need the biometrics of three people and let me go back on that because it was a file from hammer if for my listeners, Hammer was part of this thing that Norman Osborn. It was a replaced Shield back during Secret Invasion. That was years ago. Mm-hmm. And Hammer, it was an acronym, but no one knew what the freaking what it meant. It was just a Hammer, 
with periods. <laughs> you, you know, every organization has the, every acronym has the meaning, right? Mm-hmm. Hammer did not. It just said hammer. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. So anyway, um, Hill got some uh, files, whatever from. Um, I guess she tried to like decode it. I believe, and the reason you couldn't decode it because you needed three people. Right. So yeah, you basically need the precise movements of three people. Which is why, you know, Taskmaster would be very handy in this situation. But in order for him to duplicate their movements, he needs to observe them in person to be this precise. Right. So then they list the three people that it is that he needs to observe in order to access this thing. And the three are Phil Coulson, uh, Okoye, um, who you know from Black Panther, and then Amy Han, who is... um, White Fox, right. who I've discussed before. Right. She's like the Kitsune South Korean superhero. It's part of Atlas, right? Part of, yeah, the agents of Atlas. Right. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, he can't go as himself as a He got to be in his co- citizens. I, I don't know how they're going to write that because he can't walk up to them in his costume. Like, <laughs> it's me. It's me. Right. You can't do that. You, you got to be in civilian clothes, bro. It's like, I'm just going to shadow you. It's for a role in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Dude. Even in the video game, we had in Spider Man. Remember how he had to go against him? Yeah, that was a headache too. Sometimes. Uh, yeah, he's <laughs> tough. I mean, well, when you're fighting right. someone who can duplicate every single one of your moves and anticipates what you're gonna do. Yeah, it yeah, was, that was some tricky fights. It was. So yeah, we'll see how this. I'm gonna pick it up, man. It's gonna be. I hope it's a mini series, not a te- um, um, an ongoing series. His five books, I'm good. Cause I'm thinking I'm not on board for some another ongoing series, man. <laughs> I think I'm not. Dude. I, I got too much anyway. A lot of the ongoing series, they're really only planned for like 12 well, issues yeah. to begin with. And, you know, if they're not selling, they'll usually cancel them earlier. That, but, is, that is the case, though. Right. So, you know, because how many issues was Black Cat? It was more than 12. Well, it went to 12. Uh-huh. And then, like I said, it went on hiatus. But in on the last page, it intentionally said Black Cat would be back after the events of oh, the, the Venom, King, yeah, King, the King and King Black. Black. Yeah. So she will come back with the King and Black storyline. Okay. So it was planned that it will come back. But, okay, just waiting for that event But the to first happen. 12 were just standalone, yes. Yeah. Well, you know what happens when you have an ongoing series? And plus, she's part of the Spider-Man right. universe. So I kind of expect that to happen with her. Yeah. Anyway. That's the problem with a lot of these. You know, we've we've been over this before. Not necessarily on the the podcast, but I'm not a big fan of all the events and stuff like that because I like to read a lot of the side books. I don't like to read the main Avengers or X-Men titles or things like that. Yeah. Um, Because they just go into these long arcs or they go into the... But you're reading these side ones that just kind of seem to take place on their own. But then when the big event comes around, suddenly they have to drop everything and like be part of this event. And then just go back out of it. And it's like, well, you just kind of dropped it in the middle of nothing. And now you come back where it's like, this big event has happened, but it's almost like no time has passed. (laughs) And now we're back on the trail of whatever it was we were doing before the event started. It was Secret Wars right there with Silk. Remember? Yeah. I remember? Yeah. I mean, there's been a whole bunch that do yeah, that. Yeah. It's just really. Well, I mean, the books yeah. you read. Yeah. Like, like, for me, I, to me, I, I mind, I don't mind sometimes, but I mean, hell. I mean, I'm, I'm a comic book geek, man, so I like my comic books. So I read more comics than you do, so. Yeah. And I don't like the big events. I just and think, they're kind of like. They're annoying. You know, we got that big explosion like in, a, in the early 2000s with these big events, man. Mm-hmm. And there's always been some. You know, X Men always had their own. Right. Then you know, uh, the rest of the Marvel comic universe had theirs. You know, Avengers had theirs. But when they all come together, good lord, man, you talking about breaking a bank? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, X of Swords crap. Ugh, <laughs> Twenty-two fucking issues. That's how many That's, it is. Who writing it though? I don't even fucking Jonathan know. Hickman, dude. Oh, it's Hickman. Yeah, yeah, just what you expect. Yeah. That's what you expect. So He did Avengers like that. Yeah, I ended up having to drop Excalibur as a result of it. You're going to pick it back up anyway. Uh, I haven't even read the first 12, to be perfectly honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> I'm so feel, behind don't on that. Don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. Me too. I know. I'm so behind on a lot of things. But, but yeah. yeah, it's just kind of... It looked stupid, and it's following mostly characters I don't give a shit about, except for magic. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> whatever. So there you go, guys. Um, Trevor with his little rant. But if y'all like <laughs> Taskmaster, I'm saying it right. Yeah, you know, check it out, man. I think you'll really enjoy it. It's, 
it's kind of funny to do a little bit of funny to it, a little action in it, you know. Yeah. You got Black Widow involved, so she's an assassin. Yeah. Taskmaster is kind of a weird character because yeah. it's like he looks kind of scary with his mask and everything. But he's but, not. But he's kind of goofy sometimes. Yeah. You know, so it's, yeah, it, it, it's, it's very amusing when he's around. You know, he's going to be in the new Thunderbolts. I heard of that, yeah. Yeah, because I'm reading um, Ravencroft, another Spider-Man thing, right? And, um... He's part of Wilson Fisk um, group of not mercenary but security detail, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he was part of it. Moonstone, Norman Osborn, all the villains that you know, and Thunderbolts is also about villains trying to reach. Yeah, they kind of <laughs> yeah, but that was that was the goal of it, right? Until Warren Ellis wrote it. Wrote yeah, it. <laughs> I hear this new one is kind of like an idea that um, that it's like they do start working, you know, on the up and up uh, for but, like whatever, and then they're like. Well, this pays better than anything. We should just keep being superheroes, yeah. you know, type thing. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to check it out. I like the Thunderbolts um, concept. Anyway, so check out Taskmaster, issue one. I hope you um, read it. We did. I mean, it was, like I said, fun action to it. And that's one of Trevor's characters that he, he likes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so Trevor, you wanted to talk about something. I haven't seen the TV show yet. Right. So I, you know, I just wanted to mention um, one of the shows that uh, Leslie and I were watching, um, which I know a lot of people have watched on Netflix. is It's called The Queen's Gambit, and so it's about a, it's about a girl who's kind of a chess prodigy. Right. Um, so it's it's I don't really want to go too much into it because you haven't watched it, and I don't I won't go into specific details. Don't spoil it for me. Right. <laughs> she starts in an orphanage, and then she um, and they kind of give them these pills while they're at the orphanage. Uh-huh. Um, that are kind of like you know it takes place in the fifties and sixties. Right, right. So they're probably giving her drugs, but don't realize how bad it is for them. Um, but of course she develops an addiction. She uses it to kind of focus and um. At, you know, and kind of get through living in this orphanage. But then she goes to the basement one day to clean the erasers right. and the janitor is playing chess kind of by himself down there. So she becomes interested. She eventually starts playing with him. And then he realizes that she's talented. You know, she, yeah, she's very talented. And so then, you know, they kind of get her to go play at a school against the chess club, like take on all of them. And then, you know, eventually, you know, she kind of starts competing in tournaments and so it's kind of her her goal to then eventually beat the greatest chess master in the world right you know in russia but of course along the way she's struggling with her past and with addictions and you know alcoholism and so it's okay yeah but it's it's a really good series it's really well written really well acted so i uh uh, I highly recommend watching it. Okay. I'll yeah, it's a limited it series, only seven episodes. Oh, each okay. one's about an hour long each. That's so, typical these days. Yeah, so, you know, it's not it's not going to take up way too much of your time. Okay, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to put it in my queue, my list. Yeah. Queen's Gambit. The Queen's Gambit, yes. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. So, we got another topic we're going to talk about. This is always a segment that we like to talk about. It's our favorite five. So... Um, we're going to do MCU villains. You know, the MCU villains sometimes is generic. Yeah. Most of the time, I think, in the beginning. In the beginning. I think it got kind of better along the way. You know. Right. I mean, yeah, you get a lot of, you get a lot of, a lot of cliche. It's, you know, usually they're focusing too much on the heroes. Right. So that the villains are just kind of an afterthought. Um, right. You know, because it's like they show up in one movie and then mostly so that's, that's it. That's it, right. right. And that's how they had problems with, you know, you like for instance for a cliche, even for Red Skull and Captain America, man. Right. He showed up in one movie, but due to other things, I think guess contract and stuff like that, the guy who was playing Hugo, Hugo Weaving, Weaving, yeah, I guess he didn't enjoy doing it, right. so he opted not to come back. Right. So anyway, so um, we're gonna start my one of my favorite villains in the MCU. I'm gonna start with the, from the bottom and the. Number five, right? Number five for me is uh, is Ultron. <laughs> the reason why I say Ultron is it's mostly Tony Stark, mm-hmm. the bad, the bad of the the other side of Tony, right? You know all the bad things that he have as a personality, <laughs> personality wise, and then the robot just want to just execute humans, just y'all just like plight of the world. 
Right. I mean, it's like his program is to kind of figure out how to make the world safer. safer. Yeah. And in doing so, he comes to the realization that the biggest flaw of the world, that's the biggest danger, is humans. <laughs> yeah, so he humans. decides, well, I guess we should just eliminate humans, and then the world will be a better place. <laughs> yes, right. So it's always been like that in the comic book for Ultron anyway. And right. I, I think shy away from that in the movie. And you know, James Spade was voicing it. Like, all right, cool. You know, James did his thing. He also did some um, the mocap too. Yeah. You know, the the walking and stuff like that. So I know Ultron was like a one thing, but I think he might show up again later on. Man, he's a freaking end. It's robot. it's possible. I mean, he's a robot, right. and he created all of those clone robots of yeah. himself that he could control. So. Right. So I think you know, although Age of Ultron: Avenger was not the best Avengers movie at all. I mean, I got to go back and watch it, man. Like, eh, this is not good at all. Yeah, well, we um, it was on TV the other day, so oh, we was? watched it. Ultra, Age of Ultron is one of those ones that I just kind of avoid a yeah. lot because there's a lot of aspects to it that I don't like. But it's like was rushed. Age of Ultron was pretty much the the movie that established that there was a problem with the Marvel committee that yeah. they had, yeah. um, where. Uh, basically Joss Whedon wanted to do a bunch of things and um, Marvel kept saying, nope, nope. Or, you know, kept cutting out things and saying, no, you have to put this in. You have to put this Thor thing so we can, you know, yeah. um, telegraph that Ragnarok is coming and you have to put in this Stones. thing. Right. And this thing, you know, and yeah. it's like, well, but I want Hawkeye to be, have a family or whatever. Nope. You can't have yeah. it. So he had to like bargain just to get that scene in. Right. By, yeah. So it was, it was too much input that just made it a cluttered mess. Yeah. It, it was, was total, it was a lot of mess. It was there. good, but it, there was just a lot of clutter in there that didn't need to be there. And, you know, quite frankly, I think that's what got Joss Whedon to be like, I'm out. I'm yeah. done with this. I'm not making another movie for yeah, you It was guys. so many, so many subplots within the plot of the, sh- of the movie, which not need to be there. Right. Cause they were trying to set up future movies. movies yeah. But right. you, I think that was, yeah, you know, I agree. I and agree it was with to the that. detriment of that movie in itself. Yeah. 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 Yeah, man. I mean, it's not the best Avengers movie out there. Right. So. And I think that was kind of the thing that made him realize, all right, this little committee we have of writers or whatever that's helping shape this thing, get rid of them because they're just... Yo, because it was like that yeah, in... Um, they're just pretty much pissing off all of our directors. It was like that in uh, Winter Soldier. No, Winter Soldier. Captain America. Yeah. When, it was the other movies that was it was involved with. And they said, nah, we ain't going to deal with them. It was most of the writers that wrote some of the books. Right. And, you know, like, Venice was part Bendis of it. Venice was one of them, Blue yeah. Baker was a part of it, I believe, also. And, you know, and they, they got rid of the committee. I mean, I'm like, damn. Yeah. Okay. I, when, when you have too much of a committee, sometimes you have – it just stalls things and yeah. makes things more difficult. Yeah, really So they were just like, well, okay, now we're going to write the scripts and then, you know, let the directors kind of do yeah. their thing with it. All and right. then we'll give them feedback as to whether we think that should be in there or not. Yeah. Um, and so it, it works now that now Kevin Feige is the point man. So it just kind of works a whole lot smoother. Right. It does. What's your need? Right. And they, and it sounds like they give them a lot more leeway and allow them to do their thing without think, much interference. I think when they didn't learn, they learned. Yeah. Like, you know, this is what we need to do. Yeah. And it's working. I mean, shit. So what was um, your fifth? Um, I would put my fifth as a, a Gila from Thor Hela. Ragnarok. Hela. Yeah. That was my Sorry. mission. Yeah, so, you know, she's not necessarily the best, but, you know, it's like um, Kate Blanchett, it's like she she showed up to play. She did. You know, she was like, this is a fun movie. I see what they're going for. I'm going to eat up the scenery as much as possible. <laughs> and that's and that's what she did. And she said, I'm going to look good doing it. And you she know? did. Yeah, so she was just a really fun villain. You know, I really, I really enjoyed uh, Hela. And, you know, it, it did kind of move a lot of things in order for her to, like, take over Asgard and destroyed a lot of Asgard. And, <laughs> and then at the end, it caused the downfall of Asgard so that now Thor and all of, you know, the Asgardians had to find a new place. Right. And, you know, it, it, her being there had like a major impact on the, the Marvel universe. Yeah, it did. It but, did. you know, she was a fun villain, you know, Kate Blanchett did a great job. So I really enjoyed, yeah, she would. I really enjoyed her uh, as Hela. She wore that green, man. She played, she, Play that mm-hmm. green pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and then that, that hair piece. The hair piece. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, in the, in the comic book, she has a cape. I'm kind of glad they didn't do the cape thing. Yeah. Yeah. The capes still kind of played out a little bit. Yeah, capes mm-hmm. always look weird on. Uh, you remember Incredibles? In I was downfall to have oh, capes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Incredibles is fun. <laughs> so another one is Loki. I got him down at the bottom. Because the reason why, man, 
Loki is a, a a good character, man, and he has evolu- evolved during during the whole yeah. movie, the the whole unit, the thing, right? Each movie that he showed up in, right? And and he's always about self. He always been, right? You know? He's always the shadow of Thor, you know, the jealousy and everything like that. What brothers usually do is jealous, but he's an adopted brother, he said, but brothers nonetheless, right? And. And it's just the evolution of him, man, that he always wanted to be had the throne on Asgard. He think Thor didn't need it. But uh the Loki that the Loki that I liked the most of was in Ragnarok. Yeah. That's the one I liked the most of. And then when you see finally in Infinity War all the things that Loki did in the course of the movies, you finally realize that Loki had a heart at the end because you know this this is he this is it, man, you know. My people are, done, are dead. Asgardian, most of them died. And, you know, how can I rule How can I rule something when my people is dead? In other words, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Then he sees his brother getting killed, and he wants to sacrifice himself. That was the biggest sacrifice he's ever made in his life. Mm-hmm. You know, and I said, okay, I get you, Loki. You know, you was a selfish prick. You know, you was all this and doing it in the beginning. Now I can see you evolved into a not a, a better person. But you know, but you know, you but Ragnarok was when I really like sold me on Loki. Like, okay, right. Yeah. Well, yeah, Loki. Loki had he was on my list as well. Um, he was a little higher up though. But um, yeah. Loki had the advantage of in Thor, he wasn't the initial bad guy. Right. Um, he was just part of Thor's crew, and he was the younger, jealous brother. You know, who's yeah. like Thor gets everything. <laughs> Why does Thor get right. everything? Um, but then, of course, once he realizes that. He was adopted, but he was actually a, a, frost. Um, a frost giant yeah. son. Um, uh, he kind of starts to, yeah, it's he starts to go bad, and then he becomes the actual villain of the Thor movie. Yeah. Um, but then Thor beats him, but then he comes back it's again, you know, working for Thanos and, you know, with the Chitari in Avengers, and he kind of makes that, you know, initiates the whole plot on that by getting the uh, Mind Stone right. and... And uh, um, so he was, you know, and he was a good villain in that as well. And plus the fact he got a TV series coming on Disney Plus right. now. Well, then, you know, and that's the thing is that wherever Thor went, usually Loki would kind of show up. So right. then, you know, we would see him again. And in Ragnarok, he kind of, you know, he was still the trickster. But at the same time, it's like Thor was just getting ri- getting sick of his bullshit. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So, you know, it's like they had the fight and he finally was just like kind of tossed him inside and be like, you know. Figure your shit out, otherwise I don't have time yeah, for Thor you. was done with it, yeah. right? And then Loki, he turned it around. And he decided, yeah, okay, let me, let me, let me help out. Let me do, um, let me be good. Um, for so the moments, right? Yeah. And so he was mostly good. And then, yeah, the the end of uh, or the beginning of Infinity War, we right. saw the end of Loki. But 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 obviously in Endgame, we see that timeline. The, the Loki from the Avengers has now escaped with the uh, Tesseract. The Tesseract into time. So we're now going to have a a mini series because he's him. a very 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 popular character. Right. I mean, in, he's in the MCU. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Tom Hiddleston does a great job with him. He's, you know, he's a fun, charismatic character, you know, in and of himself. Right. So, you know, people, people like him as a character and mm-hmm. that's, that's why he got his own show, you Which, know, yeah, fittingly. Yeah. So. Fittingly, yeah, I, I'm going to watch it. So, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> now I like this one also, this guy, his helmet Zemo. Mm-hmm. The reason why I like him is he's the guy that brought down the Avengers. I just, a Regular guy, you right? Know, and we're going back to Age of Ultron, and he um, he was a soldier, I believe, for the Sokova, uh, Sokovia, Sokovia Army, and he was on the phone talking to his wife and his father and everything like that. So during this whole thing in Sokovia, Ultron destroyed it, and his family died. Right. And during the Winter Soldier, man, not Winter Soldier, Civil War, Civil War, Civil War. <laughs> He laid down a plan, and it was an intricate plan, man. It, it was like... Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a little too, like, everything had to go just right if you try and nitpick it. But, yeah. yes, you know, at least it showed that he was a different kind of villain because he was using his brain. Right. He and was, he was just manipulating things from behind the scenes without ever being, like, screaming right in front of them. And that was, the, that was pretty interesting, the way he did that. Like, okay, so you brainwashed Bucky. Again, right? You know, and you show the picture of Bucky killing your parents, the Iron Man, and he knew right then and there 
he had Iron Man, you know, and he showed him that. And what do you think Cap going to do? For the longest, since Winter Soldier, he was searching for Bucky, the Winter Soldier. He's not going to side with you, Tony, on that. I mean, the man was brainwashed. And, but Tony, don't, Tony Stars don't see that. You killed my mom. And he said his mom. He didn't think about his dad. He said he killed my yeah, mom. Yeah, his dad was kind of an ass. <laughs> yeah, like, you so. killed my mom. Like, yeah. damn. But, you know, but the, the, the thing about this character is I kind of knew they were going to keep him around. And they had, when they announced the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and there he go. He's he might be a villain again, and they know he is going to be the villain regardless. Right. Although I hear he might actually team up with them. Well, team so. up, yeah. But you know he he'd been a Thunderbolt in the comic book, so hey, right. man, why not? I mean, he gonna team up for his for some game that he got to get out of something. I mean, he's just gonna team up. For yeah, the he's team not just gonna up. team up for the sake of teaming up. There's got to be something so, in it for him, of yeah. course. But but yeah, apparently, uh, yeah, he will be in the yeah, Falcon and Winter Soldier right. show. Yeah, so I really, I think he was very interesting. I mean, he was just a guy who lost his uh, family, tragically lost his family. He was grieving, and he wanted to take revenge out on the superhero community, in other words. Right, and what, what I liked the most about his character really was that you thought he was doing this whole thing to then resurrect these other winter soldiers. Um, but then it turns out once you get to the end... He's already killed them in their cryogenic sleeping pods. Yeah, because he's like one was way too many. We don't need five more. It was just true, right? I mean, so. so his whole goal was really just to break the Avengers apart, and which he did, right? Which he successfully did. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So yeah, he I, he was he was a good villain, man. So what about you? Yeah, um, I would say my next one is probably um, Adrian Toomes, who's the Vulture. Oh, from damn. Spider-Man uh, right. Homecoming. That's yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, when you have uh, Michael Keaton, it's like... <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the thing I liked about the Vulture was that he was just kind of a down-to-earth, blue-collar guy. And, you know, it's like they do construction, they do cleanup, you know, that that's kind of their, their contract type thing. Um, but then after the, the Avengers, the first the Avengers, Avengers yeah, yeah, after the Chitauri kind of destroy a lot of the city, they're kind of doing their contract, cleaning up the stuff. And then Tony Stark's damage control comes in and says, yeah. you guys off to clear out. We now have the contract for cleaning it yeah, up. Damage control, that's right. right. That's Which, just... of course, pisses him off because it's like, well, the superheroes caused the destruction, and now they also get to clean it up and leave out all of the, you know, the, uh, the working class. Yeah. And so his concern is really putting food on the table mm-hmm. for his family and keeping his workers employed. Right. You know, it's like that's his... That's his primary motivation. And, of course, as he goes along and he starts stealing, you know, Chitari tech or alien technology and stuff, you know, he, he creates this vulture suit that allows them to do it. And then he becomes more and more ruthless, right? you know, as he goes along. Now, but, but the real big thing is really the twist when it turns out that he's the father of the girl. Peter yeah, Peter Parker likes yeah. who he's taking to the, the homecoming dance or whatever. Right, um, and that was a great scene right there. Dude. Right, and so it's it's great because you already have on top of that, you know, the whole teenager thing. You know, like you're already a little nervous and you know about around your your girlfriend's father when you meet them for the first time, and this just adds an extra layer because it's like layer. <laughs> he knows that he's the vulture and, he and the vulture realizes that he's Spider-Man. Yep. So they have their little talk in the car where he says, you know, if, I'm going to, I'm going to let you go this time and you're going to go in there and you're going to give my, you know, make my daughter happy and dance with her. And you're just going to leave my thing alone. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to have to kill you. you yeah. Know? Like, so it's. And yeah, it, that was nice, man. I'm like that, that whole dialogue right there. Like, damn, that's that's chilling. Because, But you know what? At, at the end of the day, he was doing it for his family. that like, put food on the table. For exactly. It was all about his family and his his, um, his workers. His workers. Un- yeah. Underneath him. It's, it's always been like that for him in the beginning. Right. But he got he, along the way. He kind of became ruthless with it, though. I mean, yeah. He became a little twisted, you know. Um once you have powerful technology, sometimes that happens. Started kind of running it like a mob. You know? <laughs> right, yeah. But um, it's uh, – it, he's – I mean, Michael Keaton does a fantastic job oh, with yeah. it. And then, you know, it's like even at the end when he's in prison and there's the other guy. Um, Scorpion Gorgon. Who's, yeah. Gorgon. Mark Gorgon. You know, he, he doesn't rat out who Peter Parker is. So at least he has some sort of respect and some sort of – integrity to him yeah so 
You know, most criminals don't now. I mean, only criminals that like that are the Flash Rogue Gallery. Right. They among themselves, you know. But yeah, but okay, I forgot about Tombs. Yeah. yeah, so he would be mine. Well, I know you might have this guy too. When I'm about to say, we are both gonna talk about this Thanos, right? Yes, he's the big bad, right? You know, he he was the whole thing that built up to the whole saga. <laughs> so, cause we briefly saw him at the end of the first Avenger. You know, he had a smile on his face. Right. Then we actually see more of him in the first Guardian of the Galaxy. Yes. And then after that, we see him in the Avengers movies. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's right. In credit. No, I'm sorry. The in credit. The in credit and um, Age Voltron. With not Age Voltron, and he got the Infinity Gauntlet. What what movie was that in credit? I say I think that was the Age, Age of Ultron. Ultron. Okay, it yeah. was Age of Ultron. So we see him again. Then after that, we actually see him in the Avengers movies. Right. So you know he's with the big bad behind the scene, you know, and stuff like that. But his the way he did things. I know he did it for the benefit of... All right, let me go back. He's from a, a planet called Titan. Mm-hmm. And the reason why he said the way Titan... Did, it was overpopulated. It was what he said was not enough resources um, for his people. So he said the universe needed to have like a reset. And then his thinking, right? And I'm like, okay. I mean, I get what you're saying, dude. That might, that might be the noble thing you think. But in the process, you killing people... It's yeah, it's one of those it's one of those goals that's like it's it's kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the what? <laughs> it, it's it's like an extremist point of view is what yeah, I'm trying to get. Yeah, it's very towards. radical. Right, where it's like, you know, it, it's an ideology that's a little too um you know, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little too extreme. It's like in order to save people, we're gonna kill a lot of people. Um, and you know, ultimately, it's a question of whether that's whether that's worth it or not. Because you know, as he says on his family, they didn't listen, or his, his home planet, planet yeah. they didn't listen to him, and then eventually everybody died because right. yeah, they got overpopulated, not enough resources, etc. Um, so the question is, is killing half of the planet Necessary. worth keeping the cycle going? Right. Um, <laughs> I would say there's a lot of problems with that. Yeah, there was a lot of problems. But he was fan- fanatical. That's the word. Oh, yeah. For. Okay. Yes. Fanatical. Okay. So, but he was, you know, he was very fanatical about that ideology. And it did not stop. Him. Right. You're and right. So, you know, at least he had a reason, whether it was justified or you know it was nothing it was nothing it was nothing sense. about conquering a universe or a planet or anything right it was it was like you say he was fanatical fanatical about it you know this is about me doing it's like cleansing right he thought he was doing something for the betterment right. of the universe right which in his mind that's how he saw it so for him it was a noble goal right but to others, right. uh-uh. yeah. Whether it was or not, you know, right. the majority think so or not. That's because it, a different question. Because it was totally different from the book into the, in the movie. Because in the book, he's doing everything for death, the personification of death, right? right? For her, and it's totally different. But I kind of glad they didn't do that, and it was better off in the movies explaining it that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, Thanos was one of those other villains. You know, you had to put him on there. Hell, I mean. Yeah, and so I mean, you could you could understand what his goal was about, whether you agreed with it or not. Yeah. And then they brought in some, you know, emotional moments, you know, with his relationship with Gamora, and so, you know, you you felt a little bit of sympathy for him, and you know, it kind of, it kind of humanized him a little bit more than just yeah. like the big bad who goes stomping around trying to kill everybody. Right. Because he um, knew what he had to do, but in order to do it, he had to kill his, his daughter. Right. And of course, you know, Josh Brolin brought a lot to the role and really well, he helped sure flesh did. it out. And so, yeah, so he was a worthy adversary. Yeah, he really yeah. was a worthy, <laughs> worthy yeah. adversary. Because, I mean, he, he won in Infinity War. Right, and he then, did. You know, and that's the, point, but, that's the point I'm trying right. to make. He but won. he was, yeah, he was, he was like a powerful enemy and whatever he showed up, you were like, oh, man, they're all fucked. You know, <laughs> it's like you don't really see too many enemies where you're like, oh, all of these guys against him and they're still fucked? You yeah, know, so. really. So, yeah, man, so he was a tough one, man. See, that's the that's the problem, man. He was the the tough one right there in the, this saga here 
who the hell are they going to use for the next one, man? Yeah, no, exactly. Because I had all kinds of ideas of the villain well, they could use. Doctor Doom, Kang the Conqueror. The big, they, they're huge characters. Yeah, Galactus. Galactus. I mean, yep. so um, we'll see, man. So that's who you pick also, Thanos? Yeah. I'm going to go to the next one. It's, it's probably the same as mine. Killmonger. Yep. Yep. So Killmonger. I like that the most because I got where he was coming from, the things that he was doing to get to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how can you blame a guy that he was abandoned by his family? And there you go. You have your uncle killing your father, you know. And, and he said that Wakanda, y'all got all these things here, right? And why not share with the other side, the other other planet, other people, are, you know, blacks or African-American? Like, why not share with us? Right, yeah. So it was kind of a, um, a perspective on, yeah, the African heritage yeah. and African American mm-hmm. heritage, and you know, especially in this case, it was more of a you know because you don't really see too many African countries that no. have quite what Wakanda has. That's right. You know, they have all those resources, they have all that power, they have all that that they're just keeping to themselves, right? And they're not sharing with you know the rest of the world, right. especially you know in African American African American communities, you yeah. know, things like that. And you know, and he's especially upset about it because his father who is from Wakanda was cut off and killed. By and his... so he became abandoned by his country and his family, right? And his family, yeah. but he does still have, uh, what's the word, uh, lineage there. So he does have the right to, to be the black Panther. Right. So, you know, it's, it's a matter of him trying to, do that to then take over Wakanda and use those resources to help the world. Yeah, it really, I, it was really like, I understand where he's coming from because, like you said, he's like the abandoned relative no one knows about, and you know, no one, they shun him for no reason, right? right. And T'Challa didn't know he had a cousin out there and stuff like that. It, no, yeah. And it all stemmed from families keeping secrets. Yep. And you know, his father was a good man, but he could have been a better man. Right. You know, so. I got what Killmonger was coming from. Like, damn, it was kind of fucked up. <laughs> right. You know, the, and the way he went about doing it was really extreme. Something. That's <laughs> that was his probably his big problem yeah. is that he was just angry. That's so, what it was. You know, it was just kind of this rage thing where, yeah, he had become this soldier who just kills people. That was his thing. Right. He subverts governments. He, you know. So a lot of the things that he did in order to take over Wakanda and when he did was he did them with extreme prejudice. Yeah, he did. So instead of like trying to adapt to things, he just took it over with an iron fist. Mm -hmm. And so even though he wanted to help these the rest of the world by sharing the resources, his way of doing it, you kind of were like, well, I don't like that guy, you know, get rid of him. (laughs) You know, it's like (laughs) so. Yeah, it was like he was trying to help, but at the same time, we didn't like him for it or the way he was doing it. Right. And for me, Killmonger was one of the villains that was fleshed out. Yes. So, I mean, you you did feel bad for him at the end when he died. Right. And when you died, damn. You know, because all this anger he had, like you said, rage, man, it could have been avoided. But at the same time, it could have been on T'Challa's dad. Right. Yeah, it could have been avoided, but at the same time, it's like you can't blame Killmonger for feeling that anger. Right. So, yes. It's all about abandonment. You know, dude, this is, and you know, it was leanish. That he's a, he was a prince. Right. He, he's an actual right. prince, you know. But, yeah, he had been cut off his entire life, so he didn't get to live any of that. You know, he didn't get to get any of the luxury or the privileges that come with being a prince. And Because, uh, you know, he was the human side. You could feel for this human, right? Right. This guy was not a Thanos. He wasn't an alien. He wasn't that strong, but he was a person that was elected, that was abandoned. And he had all this rage amongst towards his relative, to his family in that country. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, you could help us over here. You got these things, man. Right. We are suffering over here. Which, I mean, it, it takes comes to come back to what today how society is, you know? Mm-hmm. Whether it's uh, unjust, uh, the unjust, um, the police brutality, all this, you, you're suffering. So we got all this going on, but you just sitting in your throne. Right. Yeah, ignoring. Yeah, ignoring right. everything. Exactly. So you got these resources, this power, and you not help us. And I got it. So that's why I like him, he so far has been the one of the best villains in MCU has produced the um the movies produced. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And so that's it for me for that one. Yep, that was mine. So yeah, I hope you guys like our picks. You know, if you want to leave some comments about your five, your favorite five, whatever it could be, anything, 
You go check me out at justbeingamers.com and also uh, at Toshiro No Ronin. Oh, okay. one more thing What's I that? did want to add. What's that? Apparently, they got the screenwriters for Deadpool 3. I re- yeah, I, did, I read that. Yeah, the two ladies from, I can't remember their names offhand. I don't have it pulled up, from Bob's Burgers. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that sounds like it'll be good. Um, oh, I never very excited Bob's about Burger. that. I didn't either, but, you know, people love it. Um, so. Oh, the guy who played Archer is the voice. Yes, right? he does the voice of the, uh, the main Potter. character. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. And so, y'all check it out. You know, Deadpool 3 getting uh, some um, new writers. I can't wait. Well, yeah, it means it's actually, they're <laughs> planning happening. on moving forward with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so. happening. Cool. I hope we get the Rated R version. Yep. So, how can we see you, um, reach you? Um, uh, at Toshiro Noronin on Twitter. And you've been very busy on that politically? <laughs> <laughs> you say that every time. I, I got to, man. I got to keep that. Like, damn, I well, lately did put your um, right stuff on list on there. <laughs> That was I sent it right to you. Right to me, right? <laughs> Shit. So, guys, you can check me out at justbeingamers.com. Also on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at justbeingamers. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Peace. Just being a